You're listening to Blackpool Church Podcast. Join us for our Sunday gatherings to make friends, explore faith and encounter God. Visit our website, blackpool.church. This is the Talk Archive. Every term or so, uh, we do something called Preach Mania, which is basically where instead of having one long, boring talk by me, we have three short, interesting talks by people that you wouldn't normally get to hear from. And so it's really exciting that our first speaker today is Sarah Smith. Sarah is married to James and moved to Blackpool nine months ago, something like that, uh, to come and work supporting education in the town. And Sarah, we're so grateful that you've prepared this for us. So would you welcome Sarah as she comes to speak? Yes, so thanks everyone. As Andy said, I'm Sarah Smith. I am indeed married to James. And we moved to Blackpool uh, just in February of this year. Now, today, first of all, I'm going to talk to you about the fact that James and I have a dog. And she's called Orla. We bought Orla during lockdown. And when we bought her, we were told that we were getting a cockapoo. But for anyone that's actually ever met Orla... Uh, you'll be, you'll have known that definitely we were missold. Um, she's actually, we think, uh, a patapoo, which for anyone that doesn't know, means that she's probably got like a poodle mum and quite possibly a patadale terrier as a dad. However, she's really incredibly cute and we absolutely love her. And she's got loads and loads of funny little habits. She's a right little character one of her most recent ones is that in the morning, when I'm busy drying my hair, she'll come up and sit next to me because she also wants to have a little bit of the hairdryer on her. And she'll sit there for as long as I entertain that opportunity. But this week, I learned something new about dogs. And that is, um, when dogs are not either um, hungry, in pain, or fearful, their natural default emotion is that they're happy. Now, I think as humans, we can all relate to the fact of just how wonderful it would be if our default emotion was that we were happy. But if you look at Orla and you see how often that little tail is wagging, it makes sense Um, because her tail, it basically never stops wagging. And indeed, if you've ever been greeted by Orla at our front door, it's very much a case of the, wa- the tail wagging the dog. Her whole body gets involved with ensuring that you get a full Orla welcome. Now, you're probably wondering, where on earth is she going with this? I'm here to hear, hear about the Bible, for goodness sake. But we're getting there. Because Orla's tail wagging is because she's so happy, it's instinctive. She just can't help it. And watching her wagging her tail this week made me think of our passage today, which is Ephesians 6.18. And pray in the Spirit with all kinds of prayers and requests. Or from the ESV, where it says, praying at 
all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. Praying at all times. Praying with all kinds of prayers and supplications. So prayer should be our default and our instinct just like Orla's little happy, happy little tail wag is hers. And why is this? Well, it's because it is our main defence we have in this battle. We are all in against evil. For earlier in this passage, we heard, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. So today, I want to ask all of us, honestly, how often do you pray? Do you pray enough? Do you pray at all? Do you think any of us can ever actually pray enough? And how do you find prayer? Do you find it easier to pray maybe for other people? Or do you have something that you've given up praying for? Or some things you just don't think there's any point in praying for at all? Do you ask for God's intervention in the things that we can't see? Do you, um, or as well as the things that we can? And do you sometimes just question whether he will do anything at all? Do you sometimes just find it easier to rely on yourself and try and sort things out? I know I can be like that. I have times when prayer does come quite naturally at all times of day. And then sometimes when I get through several days and realise I've hardly spoken with God at all. I think maybe I could just work a bit harder. Maybe if I just had a bit more money, maybe I could do a bit more meditation or plan a little bit better. Maybe then I could fix my problems and maybe help to fix others' problems as well. And then I remember, prayer is powerful and prayer changes things. And Andy tells us this all the time. Prayer changes things around us, but perhaps more importantly, prayer changes things in us. Because when I come and ask God for help first, I'm changing my posture. I'm showing I'm dependent on him. I'm saying that I trust him. I'm saying that yes, you are my father and you love me more than anyone else. And so of course, I come to you first. And then by doing that, I'm letting him in and I'm able to enjoy his grace from the one who loves me more than anyone else. And I can build that genuine relationship with him. And so a small example of this was when actually we were trying to come to Blackpool. We were trying to move here. Now I'd got a job and I'd got a start date. And of course we needed to find somewhere to live. And we'd look to all different sorts of options and they'd all just fallen short and they'd all just closed around us. And all the houses that we'd been looking at, they'd all just come off the market. And we were looking at right move and we were like, there's, you know, there's literally, there's nowhere left and we're running out of time for this to be done, for us to be there when we need to be. We've pushed this deadline for me to start the job as far as we can. And so we sat that evening and we prayed 
and we just prayed for the house. And we woke up the next morning, we looked at Rightmove, and one of the houses was back on the market. We went to see it two days later, two days after that, we had an offer accepted within the budget that we had, and we got the house on time, and we got to Blackpool. And that's just like a tiny little example of how God like shows that when we run out of options, he's always there. Now, maybe you've never prayed before, And so don't start telling yourself that starting tomorrow, you're going to dedicate four hours to prayer if most days right now you manage nothing or only five minutes. But why not just now give it a go or think of a little small step or a way of reminding yourself to pray a bit more than you are right now. You might try something like a prayer app. And if you don't know about them, there's plenty out there. Lectio 365 is one I find quite useful to do a little daily um, prayer with. Some people like a little prayer journal. They like to take a note and then they help, it helps them to see where God's answered those prayers and the things that they're still crying out for. Maybe you set yourself a little reminder in your phone calendar, five minutes when it works for you. Maybe if you're already quite good at praying in the morning, put yourself a little lunchtime reminder and then have a nice little moment with God before bed. Or maybe for those of us who are working, instead of setting a few minutes to prep for a meeting by scribbling some notes down, why not instead pray for the meeting? Pray for the people in that meeting. Pray for the things you want from that meeting. But to finish, I guess my prayer for all of us is that we all become a little bit more like Orla with that eager instinct to pray at all times and with all kinds of prayers and requests. Amen. Amen. Sarah, thanks so much. Hugely, hugely appreciate it. Brilliant. Brilliant start. So our second speaker today is Steve Ormrod, and we're really delighted, Steve, that you're coming. So would you give it up for Steve as he comes? Right, good morning, everybody. For anybody who doesn't know me, my name is Steve. And I was called by the Lord, thankfully, five years ago. And I've been coming to this wonderful church since April, and it is good. The worship this morning was fantastic. I'm married to my beautiful wife, Michelle, which goes to show prayers do work. (laughs) And actually, it's her birthday today. Let's say happy birthday to Michelle. (laughs) Who'd have thought, Michelle, I'd been praying, I'd been preaching to you for your birthday. Right, before I delve in to this verse on praying, I must just point out that it comes with a potential health warning. A few years ago, after reading about the great preacher John Wesley, in haste I I prayed, oh Jesus, I wish I could preach one day. But not being a public speaker, I did not think he would answer my prayer. But he has. <laughs> so there's your warning and be careful what you pray for. <laughs> right, Ephesians six, eighteen. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. When my beautiful wife, Michelle, was pregnant, I loved how she felt a connection with her baby in her womb straight away. 
And it was marvellous to see her where she used to talk to the baby and she used to feel the, the kicks and she had this connection and it was wonderful to see. But you see, I found it hard. For me, I found it hard to, to love my future child until they were physically born. You'd think after having five children that I'd, I'd learn better, but I didn't. But the thing was, I went to some antenatal classes. I thought I must resolve this situation, so I went to antenatal classes. I used to hug Michelle's bump. Now I've just got five big grown-up bumps to hug instead. But my connection and love with my children began on birth, when I could physically hold them and see them physically. You see, now when I started my new Christian life five years ago, it was very similar. I was excited about telling everyone about Jesus. My family would be a witness. I used to come home and tell them about Jesus. I was going to church all the time. I was dragging my 84-year-old mum to like five masses a week. I couldn't wait, wait to get home to do the Bible study online. I was so excited. But I knew, yet something was missing. What was missing? I realised and read in the Bible, and I learned how thankful I was for Jesus dying for me, but yet I still didn't love him. So I prayed what seems the most stupid prayer now. I prayed, Jesus, please show me how to love you. Thankfully, the Holy Spirit took control and he pointed me to many emotional testimonies of where we had changed lives in the past. And he showed me many marvellous miracles and all the prayers that had been answered throughout the generations of, of all these marvellous people that were praying. And I learned from all this that Jesus does love us all so much. And he wants us to pray to him all the time. Just like we talk to our friends and family. So let's go back to this verse then. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Firstly, with, with this in mind, what in mind? Over the last six weeks, we have heard some excellent sermons on the full armour of God. And notice that this prayer follows the full armour. You'll also notice that the Roman's armour is designed to stand firm and it is useless if that soldier turns around and runs away. Now, I strongly believe that our prayer life has to be the same. You see, when, when, I, uh, when I was a newborn Christian, I got from God, it was downloaded. I got my brand new helmet of salvation. I got my breastplate of righteousness. I had my shield of faith. And I had my word of God in my hand, the sword. But my prayer life was still lacking. It wasn't the complete package. Which, so, but I was aware of this. So this brings me nicely onto the second part of the verse. Be alert. The definition of be alert. Quick to notice any unusual and potentially dangerous or difficult circumstances. See, I found it strange how I couldn't love the person who had died for me. But I was alert or I thought it was unusual so I did recognise the need to pray all times of the day for answers. You see, to be alert is just not to pray those repetitive words at set times of the day. 
it's to be ready to pray and to see the urgency to pray. And God then can make a difference in our everyday moments of our lives. The third part of the verse says, and always keep on praying. Thessalonians, another good verse for this, 5.16. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and I felt guilty that I appreciated everything Jesus had done for me, but I still did not have that unconditional love. Then I realised, I realised that the more Jesus wanted me to keep on praying, because the more I prayed and the more I talked to Jesus throughout the day, the more my love grew and grew and grew. So in fact, it was a self-fulfilling prayer. And the last part of the verse is for all the Lord's people. You see, to pray for our fellow believers helps us focus our mind and, and prayers on the need of the church. And it takes away our selfish needs. I am sure when Jesus was praying all night long, like it says in the Bible many times, a lot of that time he would have been praying for the protection of his disciples and for the future of the church, which is me and you. How great is that? You see, whether you like it or not, all of us in this church are in a spiritual battle of good over evil. And we need each other's prayers. So finally, what have I learned in my short Christian life? I've learned that prayer is a lifestyle, so we always depend on God. That's what God wants us to do. You don't have to wait for the perfect time or perfect place to pray, but be alert that any time you feel the need to pray, just pray it. Thirdly, I learnt prayer needs perseverance and it does, from my experience, help us grow closer to God. So remember, no prayer is too stupid, too small or too big. So finally, I urge you all to start a prayer relationship with Jesus today. So with this in mind, be alert and always keep praying for all of the Lord's people. Amen. Thank you. Steve, thank you so much for that. This is fun, isn't it? So exciting to get to hear from lots of different people. And so our final speaker today is Amy Peatman. Amy's married to Jono and has been part of this church for six months, something like that, and have two little ones who are being looked after somewhere else. So you could come and speak to us. Amy, thanks so much for you. Would you welcome Amy? She comes. Good morning. Um, so yeah, Andy's just said, I've got a daughter called um, Ava. Most of you probably will have seen her running laps around church during the worship, down the aisle and down the sides. Um, and one thing that we try to do with her, um, kind of in our bedtime routine every night before we go to bed, is that we really like to pray together. And we always ask Ava um, what she would, what would you like to pray for tonight? And she will normally just give a big list of a load of people that she wants to pray for. It's normally um, people from a preschool, um, 
Currently, she's on members of the family, so she lists all of them, including my sister's dog, has to be in there. Um, or it's her friends, even Andy and Nick, are regularly on the list. Um, but what I love about that is that she often will add herself into the list. So she'll go through everybody, and she'll always say at the end, and, and Ava and Mummy and Daddy and Noah, she always includes herself in the list. We have learned so far in this series um, from Andy and Jono and John and um, the guys that have just been speaking now about the armour of God. And we have been learning how we are in this spiritual battle and we've got to dress, we've got to dress for the fight. And actually what we are talking to you today about is how we now advance in the fight and we do that with prayer. So we're just going to look at the next bit, which is um, Ephesians 6, so 19 and 20. It says, pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fiercely make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fiercely as I should. Pray also for me. Here, Paul is asking prayer specifically for himself. That he would speak um, words which point people towards Jesus and point people towards the gospel. Um, often we hear the phrase, I don't know if you've heard the phrase, that it says, um, share the gospel at all times and when necessary use words. But actually what this is saying and what Paul is saying, he's saying pray for me that his words, pray for him for his words, pray for him that he wouldn't miss any opportunities, pray for him that he can fiercely and boldly preach and talk about who Jesus is. Paul is suggesting that the two need to work together, the actions and and the words he's not praying that God will release him from prison um, but actually that he can just be bold in his speaking so I wonder for you when was the last time you asked somebody to pray for you not for a specific uh, need which is great that we do that and we should be encouraging each other and building each other in that way But actually, when was the last time somebody prayed for you that you would boldly and fiercely speak the word of God to people that you meet? And that's my challenge really for you today. Is that, um, yeah, that you are encouraged by that and you are challenged by that. That you are thinking, when was the last time someone prayed for me? Not not for people in my family on my behalf or for something else that I've seen, but actually when was the last time somebody prayed for you that you would boldly and fiercely speak the words of Jesus? If we are entering a fight, we know right from the beginning, um, Andy's talked about standing firm, we're in a fight, uh, not with flesh, but with evil. And if we are in this fight, then we have to be covered in prayer. We need that protection. Um, I've just got a, one little story I just want to share with you. Um, if you were here last week, you would have heard uh, Jono talk about how his love for all things history and love for World War II specifically. Um, I do not share that same passion. Um, <laughs> And Jono normally watches all of his war documentaries on his early morning get-ups with Noah when I'm still asleep. Um, but I came across this story, and it, um, and it said that during World War II, an officer was briefing his men 
on how to take a certain object. He demonstrated to them the manner in which they need to hug the ground so that they can stay below the enemy fire. He said in conclusion, if you advance on your knees, you will always be safe. If you advance on your knees, you will always be safe. And that's really uh, my challenge to you and something for you um, yeah, to think about. When was the last time somebody prayed for you that you would fiercely and boldly speak the words of Jesus, that you would never miss an opportunity? And as we enter the fight, we've, got our, we've all put our armour on, we're all ready, that we should be advancing in prayer. We should be on our knees, advancing in prayer. To fight for God against the evil enemy, we must be people of prayer. We will only advance safely when we are on our knees. And what we're going to do now is I'm just going to um, invite Andy up and we're just going to have um, a time of ministry. And maybe, maybe that's you. Maybe something has um, uh, come to you from the other, the other two talks. And maybe you've been thinking, oh, actually, I really want to get my prayer life right with God. And we would love to pray for you for that. Um, but also... Maybe you're sat there thinking, you know what, I don't know when the last time somebody just prayed for me. Not for anything specific, but they just prayed for me. Um, we, would love, we would love to do that. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much, Amy. Let's hear it for Amy as well, shall we? <laughs> Thanks, Amy. That was amazing.